0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first Believe in USMT podcast. I'll be your host, Jay Stuccio, and we have much to discuss for the first episode. There could not be a more exciting time to start this podcast, and I hope everybody listening shares that view. From three World Cup qualifiers, to Weston McKinney suspension, to dual nationals and their impact, this episode will cover a lot. Before I get into the three games, which I will discuss in the order in which they happened, I'd like to talk about something Greg Berhalter said before the El Salvador game, um, which brings me to the wider discussion of winger profiles. Uh, Before the game, he said, one of my concerns is verticality, Paul Areola, Jordan Morris, Tim Weah, Christian Pulisic are all guys that give you that. It's more difficult with Conrad and Brendan Aronson. I think initially when the roster came out, um, Greg Berhalter did a good job of picking a different variety of winger profiles. Um, Christian Pulisic is obviously more of a 1v1 dribbler, but he feels comfortable drifting central. um, And for the USMNT specifically, he'll drop deeper to pick up possession. Uh, We saw that in the second half of the Nations League final against Mexico when things weren't going our way. Um, and then he did it in the two games he played in this window against both Canada Canada and Honduras. With a player like Conrad you're also getting a 1v1 dribbler, but he's more likely to keep his heels to the touchline, pick up the ball, and he wants to dribble um, at a defender, take him to the byline, and more than likely look for a cutback. Um, obviously, he's he's going to combine at the top of the 18 at times if the option is there, um, but he's a different type of dribbler to Pulisic. Both are great 1v1 Um But they they look to do different things. Gio, who has been um, forced wide uh, under Greg Berhalter, does not necessarily play the position anymore for Dortmund. Um, I think he's more comfortable central, and I think um, his best traits would be better used centrally. I think he's good on the turn. I think he's got great close control, and I think, um, in truth, he could do the role that um, uh, Greg Berhalter tried for Aronson in the game against El Salvador, where he played him as one of the eights, Um, obviously tasked with more creativity. I think he would be a good partner for um, Weston McKenney if and when he comes back, um, both in front of Tyler Adams. And by Greg Berhalter, playing him wide, he's often coming central. And with our best 11 featuring both him and Christian Pulisic on either wing, um, on either side of the striker, uh, they do have a lot of the same tendencies and oftentimes you would like different profiles um, in a front three. And I think that's what Timothy Weah gives you, and I think that's where his injury really come, came to hurt the team. I think especially versus Canada, he would have been useful um, on home, home soil this, this window. Um, his off-ball movement is probably his strongest asset. I'd go as far as saying his, his intelligence off the ball is among the best in the entire player pool, um, at least in the final third. It's a combination of um, strong intelligence and quick. he's a quick player, got good pace. Um, I think this allows him to play on either wing or centrally, and we've seen that throughout his career. And then Brendan Aronson, um, this window, he, he got the role, um, as the creative eight, like I said, um, but he's been playing, um, he's been, he's played central and out wide for the Philadelphia union before moving to RB Salzburg, um, in which last season, Jesse Marsh mostly had him playing out wide. And then this season he's playing under, um, the two nines over there at Salzburg, um, for the U.S. I think especially after that El Salvador game, I'd keep him wide. Um, his profile, uh, he's good in transition, and you see that often, and he's a good presser. Um, so he's, he's a little bit more unique in that sense that um, he's going to be a better presser than Pulisic or Geo, uh, maybe Conrad. And then I'd say him and Weah would be the two better pressers. Um, and the good thing about Aronson is like Weah, he's versatile up front. He can play on the left, he can play on the right. Um, and like all these guys, he's young, so he might be able to eventually slot underneath the strikers under Greg barhalter or a future USMNT coach, but for now, I would definitely suggest that um, he stays wide. And now let's get into that El Salvador game. Uh, it was frustrating. Um, I think a lot of people um, were, well, I know a lot of people were possibly expecting seven or nine points. Um, I was probably expecting maybe seven points, I think. Um, nine was obtainable, but you learn pretty quick that um, this cycle is not going to be that much easier. I know we have a brighter, um, a brighter squad. All these players are at bigger clubs in, in Europe than past cycles, but, um, it's not going to be easy. CONCACAF World Cup qualifying and World Cup qualifying in general, um, team struggle. Um, and just because, you know, we won a couple cups this summer does not mean we're going to, we're going to walk into Qatar. Um, I thought it was an opening, uh, a strong opening, maybe five, 10 minutes and, um, Conrad got the ball a couple of times around his, his fullback and you thought maybe it will be a nine point window, right? Maybe, maybe things are going as well as we think they may. Um, but things quickly faded. Um, like I said, we learned Aronson probably shouldn't be central as one of those eights, but, um, to be fair to him, most of the, the eights in that game against El Salvador and versus Canada on home soil after that, um, they struggled and it's a lack of movement. Um, I don't want to blame any of the sh- distributors. I don't think Adams or the center backs um, really had much movement to pick up on from Aronson and Wes and Acosta. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to blame the eights. But um, you see, once Aronson came on against Canada, um, or one excuse me, once he started out wide and then versus Honduras, um, he's a strong player out at wide. He's a good presser. Um, so I think it'd probably be wiser to keep him out there. Um, I think for me, um, this game in particular showed that Dest is probably wasted at left back. Um, not that he can't do his job there, but he's stronger on the right, as we saw versus Canada. I'll get into that game after this, of course. Um, and then Anthony Robinson had um, a really good window as well. I don't think at this point there's any reason to be starting just um, on the left. Um i know people like to talk about our right back depth um but let's be honest there's a huge gap after dest um again we'll, we'll talk about this once we get into that Canada window because i, I want to talk about yedlin and that but um reggie cannon's good um he's reliable right he's consistent you often know what you get for me he's probably the second choice right back um Shaq moore's there as well but it's not like any of these guys can't be displaced um so for the Julian Araujo situation, um, and I'm going to talk about Pepe and right maybe what his um, choice to represent the U.S. means for potential uh, dual nationals in the future. But I think Araujo, um, if there is a fear that he can't get into the U.S. team, um, I think he knows that that's not the case. Because um, once you get past Dest, I think it's all for the taking. Um of course, Brian Reynolds is an option, but he's we'll see how many minutes he's going to be getting under Mourinho at Roma. Um, I think Joe Scali within by the end of 2021, could be second choice. Um, and the good thing about him is he's going to be getting minutes at and Gladbach, unfortunately, due to injuries. Um, but listen, he, he's performed. He just won Mucin Gladbach Player of the Month in his first month as a professional player. Um, and he, he's versatile. He can play on the right and he can play on the left. And it seems like Greg likes that. Um, and especially in a World Cup, like we saw how, how hard this window was for the players, versatility is going to be important. Um, so I think we could see Joe Scali getting the call sooner rather than later, maybe October. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the right back depth is as strong as everybody makes it out to be, or um, that a player like Araujo isn't going to get into the team if he does choose to pick the United States. But even after saying all that about Dustin, how he's... Um, He's well above all the people behind him at right back. Um, He didn't have a good game at left back. And him and Weston McKinney were two people that I thought were particularly poor. Um, And when it's an issue of individual performances over than the collective, um, at times that's even more frustrating because it's not like Greg Berhalter can just um, go and draw up a new game plan. And I know people are upset with Berhalter, so they're not going to like me saying that um, El Salvador was more a case of, Um, individual letdowns. Listen, even if Greg Berhalter puts out um, the wrong players at times, when you have Weston McKinney on the field and you have Gio Reyna and you have a Josh Sargent and a Dest, um, these players should be able to get it done. There's no reason that team can't score goals. Um, And I I would put more of the blame on individuals than I would for – than I'd I'd place on Greg. But that being said, the Canada game, I would definitely – I was upset with Greg for a number of reasons. Once again, like I mentioned, the eights—they feel so useless um, in a team that we hear so much about the build-up and the build-up. It feels like he, the eights have no say in the build-up. I—I um, I, to go back on what I was saying about Des. Des was great in this game. So once he switched over to the right um, when we were at home and he was having that battle with Davies, which he seems to love, um, he was really good. He was the bright. Um, he was the spark in the opening 40 minutes before he got hurt and was replaced by Yedlin. He had that worrying moment um, earlier on where he misjudged the ball and then Davies picked it up and yeah, he brought it to the byline and cut it back for Laren. A um, bit of a half chance, but it was dangerous. And um, beyond that, Dest was for me the best player on the field. Um, he locked up Davies well beyond that. Um, With help from Adams, which I think is important to note, Um, a lot of sixes um, maybe don't give you that that help, and I think it proves even more so how Adams probably is the most irreplaceable player in this team. Um, He was explosive on a few occasions, Death was, going forward. Most of um, the dribbling that we saw came from right back, Um, and it led to a chance, right? So it's a shame that he went out, and I think um, his injury in the 40th minute, really did hurt the team i think he was a spark and i think he was um getting involved in all areas of the play which was obviously helping the team um and then of course the goal that they score comes from um yedlin out right back he gets b for pace um but he can't he he can't loo- you can't lose sight of davies it's the one guy on canada that you can't lose sight of and he is running into the one area in which he is extremely dangerous so uh, Dest, like I said, he misjudged one of those balls, but he did a good job of locking Davies up. Um, Yedlin, you can't let Davies get that chance. Um, he cuts it back for Laren once again, like the Death mistake, Laren's there to tap at home this time. Um, Miles Robinson, I'm a little shocked he doesn't cut the angle down. Um, Brooks also looked like he might've been able to do more. I'm not sure how Laren was so lost and open at the back post, but, um, it's a combination of errors from defenders. Like I say, Yedlin's the one that can't lose his man there, especially knowing who it is. Um, and more than anything, this highlights death's importance. And then to talk about the positives, I know I've mentioned Aronson a few times, um, but even before his goal, I had mentioned that um, he was much more impressive and he had much more influence of the game um, out on the in the wider areas than he does as one of those eights. I think if Berhalter wants to go to one of those um, creative eights, I know we'll hopefully have Weston back. Um, I assume Musa will be in the camp, so hopefully those guys are getting the starts at the eights. But if Greg wants to go with one of those more creative eights, I think Geo's definitely um, more so likely to be that guy than Aronson is, at least right now. Um, But Aronson was much better wide this game. He's an impressive presser. I mentioned that. Um, and then he gets the goal. Um, and his movement is necessary when the eights provide almost nothing. So if Legit and Acosta aren't going to be doing much, we need a lot from the wingers. Um, and that's why I said, uh, Pulisic and Geo often do drift central. I mean, A, that's just the nature in their game, but B, that's bound to happen when, when the eights are not doing much. Hopefully if we can get Musa and West central or one of those two with, with the Geo, um, we see more movement and we see more quality in the midfield. Um, but this window, I was pretty unimpressed with what I saw in the midfield. Um, once we got beyond Adams in possession, um, I think this would have actually been the perfect game for Geo in that eight role. cadena um, played in deep lock, um, and their lines were pretty flat. So I think Geo gets in between the lines. I think he can pick up the ball. I think he's good on the turn. Um, and if Adams or or Brooks or or Robinson or anyone can find his feet, really. Um and he can then run at a back line of four or five players. Um and he has those wingers crashing and sergeant in front of him. Um or P in the case. Uh I think this would have been the perfect game for Geo. Um, this is what he does for dortmund right? And obviously he has a more elite striker there that's that's going to finish those chances. Um But yeah, this is this is his bread and butter. He likes to get in between those lines, he wants to turn and he wants to he likes to play a through ball. Um, and I think when you put him out wide Um, and he's not coming central as often as he might like, um, I think you're wasting one of the better players. Um, Whereas Pulisic out wide is more comfortable there, and if he's going to drift central, um, he's not wasted because this is what he does. This is his game. This is what he's been doing his whole career. Um, Whereas Gio, on the other hand, I do feel at this point he's wasted, um, even if he is going to be drifting central. And not to keep harboring on the fact that those eights, but why is it that Pulisic can find these, these spaces central um, and lay it off to a teammate, but LeJet and Acosta over the space of 90 minutes can find these spaces. Um, the The play that Polisic hit the post, Leget obviously made a nice um, – he found the space, but it, it requires a good Brooks ball. Um, and then even after the play, or even after receiving the ball, Leget makes a nice play to, to give it out wide to Aronson, but we can not have that once a game over 90 minutes. Um, And I think once we get more quality in the midfield, it's going to solve at least some of the problems that we saw this window. With Pifak and Sargent, I feel like you get so much of the same thing that when we're bringing one on for the other, it feel like it's just more of a rotation to save energy. Um, And I'd like to see more of a plan B in the attack when things aren't going well from Berhalter. I think Pepe would have been a good choice um, off the bench this game at the very least, And this is not hindsight. This is not something I wrote down after the Honduras game after we saw what he can do. I just feel like he was in good form. He's scoring goals. Um, And you so often hear strikers talk about you got to ride the hot hand, Um, especially in qualifiers where Berhalter emphasizes how important each play is. Um, But then you're not giving the player who's scoring goals the chance to score goals. So I think this would have been a good game for him off the bench. Um, when When the nines are so often tasked with the same thing, um, I just don't think it makes sense to not have not have Pepe's influence on the match when he can provide something different. Um, he can do a lot of what those two are doing, right? Obviously, he's 18, um, and he's growing into his body. And maybe his his holdup isn't as strong as P. or even Josh. But I think you've just got to ride the hot hand in a situation where um, you've got to break down a deep lock. And his combination is more impressive than the other two, in my opinion. So I was a little surprised we didn't get to see at least twenty five minutes from him, Um, but then again we didn't see more than um, what seven or eight minutes from Conrad in that situation. So I'm not sure what the plan was. I'm not sure why um, in a game where or in a window where we're saying it's so necessary that rotation is a key, um, and we have better depth. Right, a lot of people are complaining about the depth, and we're we're missing players due injury, Um, and it certainly wasn't our strongest team, but. We have more depth than every nation in Concacaf, right? Maybe it's us in Mexico, but beyond them, like Honduras and El Salvador and Canada, these are not teams known for depth, and this is definitely not um, the window that we're going to be running into our hardest opposition. So, at this point in the window, there was definitely some worry, right? Two points from two games, don't look like we can really score goals. Um, Greg didn't be seem like he didn't seem to make the right decisions. Uh, it felt. Um, and, and it was definitely a worrying part of the window. I also want to mention throughout this game that there's no player in Konkigev that has more of an influence than Davies um, on each game, especially in Konkigev, right, taking club play out of things. Um, and if the U.S. had this, <clears throat> excuse me, if the U.S. had this um, and Pulisic was scoring and assisting like he was last window, um, it would make a huge difference for this team because it comes down to individuals in these games. Um, and Davies, he got that one chance or one and a half chance thanks to the death opportunity, Um, and Canada scores from it, and we don't have a player right now that's doing that um, over 90 minutes. And here's the last thing I'll say on the Weston McKinney situation. Uh, A lot of people like to talk about all the pros of this young squad, right, everybody being 21, 22, and 23, and don't get me wrong, that definitely is a good thing, Um, and hopefully these guys can play together for the next decade, right? I get that that's a dream. Um, And then some younger kids um, can come into that team as well. But nobody likes to acknowledge that there are real cons to this, um, both on and off the field, on the fields. Greg has a really tough task right now. He's trying to figure out about eight different players' games um, when he he plugs in that starting 11. Um, And he can't do that on the training ground, right? He has to see how these players are going to react in these atmospheres. Um, And that's, you have to give, you have to at least acknowledge that if you're going to um, be dumping all this abuse on Berhalter because he's tasked with um, figuring out almost an entire team's game. Almost none of these players have World Cup qualifying experience, um, including the older players. So he has to figure out what their strong suits are. Um, and then off the field, I don't know what the situation was, right? I don't, I'm not going to speak exactly on what Weston McKinney did, Um or, I mean, I know that we broke he broke COVID protocol twice, but we don't know if there was anyone else involved. Obviously, I don't know if everybody saw his father um, tweeted that Westing could have outed other people, right? But he's a better person than that. So it seems other people knew. Um, and maybe if the locker room was filled with a few older heads, he would have been told um, that that's a bad idea, right? To go out not once, but twice. Um, so I think... Um, He obviously had that situation at Juventus where he had the party with um, Dybala, breaking COVID protocol there. So hopefully he learns from this. Charlie Davies gave a really nice um, speech. I'm not sure if it was before or after the game um, about Weston McKinney and about the situation he had gone through, Charlie Davies, and how he had to learn from it um, and how much he regrets it. So I hope Weston saw that. Um, I'm sure Weston's talked to a bunch of older heads now, but... I think it should be acknowledged that there are very much cons to having this young of a squad um, and that maybe the leadership um, in the group isn't as strong as we think. Moving on to the Honduras game. At halftime, this looked like it was going to be as frustrating, if not more so, than the other two. Um, we go down in the opening 30 minutes. Once again, very little creativity, very little happening in front of goal. Um, it almost felt like you didn't know where the goal was going to come from. This team is really struggling to break down teams, get past that first or second line of defense. Um, And it it just looked like at halftime that we were going to leave this window with two points. um, Three points at best if we could rescue a goal and hold them off for for another 45. Um, The goal we conceded, I'm not sure what Brooks is doing. Um, Right, the, The attacker checks into the midfield. Um, and Brooks follows him. And I think this could come with Adams being at right wing back. It felt like that, that space in front of the back line was pretty empty. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what Brooks is doing, but then at halftime, Greg takes Brooks off, which is a pretty bold move, right? He's supposed to be the best defender in the group. Um, and I don't know if it was stylistic or or what he saw. Um, but Greg takes off Brooks, which seems to be a bold move. It could have been a minutes thing too. Um, um, but I, I think that's a good look from Greg, right, to be making those bold decisions. And then his, his subs pay off right away, right? Um, Anthony comes on. He scores instantly. Um, and he has the coolest celebration that we're going to see. Whole window for what it's worth. Um, but, yeah, it was a nice goal. Pepe holds it up in midfield, um, which it, it's nice. And then he lays it off to Pulisic. Um, and then he attacks the space really well. Honduras were really open which is another thing. We weren't creating opportunities against a team who were super open. This was not like the Canada game where there were no spaces. We were constantly getting the ball um, into the channels, right? Sargent was picking it up out wide a lot, um, and the game was open. So the fact that we didn't create any chances, real chances, in the first half was um, even more worrying perhaps than Canada. But, yeah, Pulisic attacks the space well, and then he he lays it out wide for Leggett, who crossed it in. Um, I think he was aiming for Pepe, but then the ball eventually falls to Anthony, who scores um, less than three minutes um, uh, after entering the field. So, uh, good subs from Greg. I have nothing to complain about. Um, Whereas, like I said, against Canada, I'm not sure why the subs took so long. Um, I'm not even sure if they were the right subs. So, definitely improvement um, from Greg when it comes to that. I think he got the opening... 45 wrong i think obviously he knows that everybody knows that after watching that game but he brings on the jet who gets the assist he brings on robinson who gets the goal in the first three minutes um and then the other halftime so was brendan aronson who also got on the score sheet and was pretty influential in his 45 minutes um now does he have to make these corrections if he gets it right uh, for the starting 11 no obviously not um but we have to give him credit for what he did do once he saw that there were issues um and then From 45 through 60, before Pulisic went off with injury, um, he was electric. He was getting a lot of touches. He was driving at the back line. Um, Once again, like I said, there was space to run into this game, which is what Pulisic wants. Um, And he looked like the Pulisic of last cycle when he was getting a goal or an assist every game. Um, And he's grown up a lot since that that cycle, and I, I was hoping this cycle we would have seen more of that. Um, the Canada game, right, there weren't the spaces for it. This game, 45-60, through 60, right, especially after the changes, Pulisic looked like a different player. And if we get that Pulisic through our qualifiers, um, th- there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to be getting more than five points per window in the future. You also get the benefit of Pepe up top, who, for my money, is going to be better um, combining with a Geo and a Pulisic up top than Sargent and PFOC are. Certainly than PFOC is, in my opinion. Um, and he's just as deadly in front of goal. Um, as PFOC, right, who's who gets the goals and definitely more deadly than Sergeant, it seems thus far, um, at least in current form. I would definitely not be putting Sergeant ahead of Pepe. Um, and then other debutants. Sands had a, a rough first half where he was just letting the ball slide under his foot too often. Um, it seemed like very simple mistakes he was making. But I will say he was getting on the ball a lot, and when Adams is out wide, and I talked about those issues with the 8s in the previous games where – the midfielders just weren't getting any touches of the ball. Um, Sands at least had the ambition of getting on the ball and combining, right? And then in the second half, before he got subbed off and before Pulisic got hurt because uh, Sands ended up coming off after him, he was combining with Pulisic a few times. He picked up the ball, and he turned, and he found Pulisic, and that allows Pulisic to drive the defense. Um, I can think of two instances um, in that 15-minute period where Sands won the ball, gave it to Pulisic, and Pulisic was able to, to try and beat his man And create something for the U.S. Because there was a big gap between Honduras' defense um, and their attack, right? I'm not even going to label the midfield. Um, I'm not going to say there's a big gap between um, the midfield and the defense. It just seems like when we won the ball, a lot of the Hondurans stayed forward. um, And it gave Pulisic that space to drive into. And then Pepe, like I said, he combines better. He misplaced just one pass all night. Um, He completed 12 of his 13 passes. Um, He ends up with two assists. Um and a goal. So we'll talk about the goal. Heath Pierce said before the game, Ricardo Pepe is probably the best natural finisher the U.S. has ever had. Um, And he showed that in the 75th minute. We've been waiting to see Sargent score goals like this. Um, PFAC had the goal against Honduras in the Nations League. Um, That was just, he got his chance in the box and he finished it. And that's what Pepe did here. Um, It's a clinical header. Um, Gives the U.S. a 2-1 lead. Um, Three huge points at that point. right? We didn't know how the game was going to finish, but Finally gives us the lead. Um, Yedlin with a great ball just a minute after coming in. Once again, speaking to, to Greg subs. Um, and, yeah, Ricardo Pepe had a great day. He ends up with two assists for the third and fourth goal. Um, the third goal, I'm not sure what the Honduras left back was doing. I think it was Diego Rodriguez He tried to flick it over Roldan, Um And the ball just fell to Pepe in the 86th minute. And then um, him and Aronson were 2v1. He slid it across to Aronson, and he coolly finished it. And then the fourth goal, 90th minute. Um, if you need a highlight of the space that was left and I know it's the 90th minute, um, and Honduras were already down 3-1, but if you want to see that the space, um, that Pulisic had to drive into, take a look at the fourth goal and look how Adams has 10, 15 yards to drive into and just lays it off to Pepe, whose shot is pushed wide into, to the path of the jet who finishes off for, for 4-1, um, Yeah, Pepe had a great day. I think Miles Robinson had another strong day. He's almost not put a foot wrong since um, his USMNT debut. I'm shocked he's not more heavily linked to Europe. Um, Yeah, he's been stellar since the Gold Cup. And I'm a little, I mean, I'm not surprised. Greg said it too. He was a contender for a player of the tournament at the Gold Cup. um, And he had another strong window. Anthony had a strong window, as I mentioned earlier. So there were definitely some positives to take from this window, despite only taking five points. Um, But yeah, this Honduras game, and I'm not saying I know this kind of just looks over everything I've just said, right. With the problems in the midfield um, and Greg had some problems with his changes, but this second 45 um, at least showed us that for me, Pepe should be the guy in the next window. He should be starting that first game. Um, And I haven't even mentioned Greg went to three at the back this game. um, And that's why he was able to take Brooks off at halftime. I don't know if we need to see that again. I think we just need to give Pepe um, and Pulisic more time together because I think they're really going to start combining well at the top of the box as long as we're not playing a team that's sitting super um, deep. Um, But in those types of games, Pulisic doesn't need to run at the defense. Um, That – Beating that deep lock, if you can get it into that final third, it does often just take a quick one-two. And then Pulisic can be behind for a shot or um, a cutback or something like that. I think Conrad could benefit from a striker um, like Pepe. So I think what we learned from this game was, and maybe this window, right, um, is that Pepe should probably be the guy because even when he's not playing, Sargent's stock just keeps falling, it seems. Um, So if nothing else... I think five points and learning that Pepe's probably the guy going forward is definitely a positive. Mackenzie too, had a strong game in his first World Cup qualifier. Um, George Bella was fine, nothing to complain about. He often has too many loose touches for me. Um, And in a game like yesterday against Honduras where the ref was kind of letting things play, um, you're not going to be winning fouls off loose touches, right? Sometimes you can take a loose touch, get back to it, and win the foul. Um, if you have a loose touch in cocky calf, you're either just going to get run through, um, with no call, or you're just going to have a tough night. Even if you are getting those calls, you can't really afford loose touches in kickoff because, um, they're going to get pounced on. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as left backs go, I think Anthony really stepped up. So, um, I think we found our fullbacks in Entity. Not that that has really been in question, um, but to actually see it in practice, um, Dest against Canada and then Anthony specifically against Honduras after coming on. Um, and he got the assist for the Aronson goal as well against Canada. So Anthony um, stock up. Dest stock up at right back. Pepe um, through the moon. McKenzie impressed. Miles Robinson continues to impress. Um, don't think Brooks had a great window. Um, Adams highlighted his importance to the team um, centrally. Obviously, he played right wing back against. Um, Honduras but centrally he proved how important he is Um, and then I'm not sure about the eights right I I think Acosta was better against Honduras but like I say those eights have to they have to find the game more if we're going to be talking about build up and how important build up is to us Greg has to find eights that are going to be involved in the build up and not disappear for almost the entire game Um, and then hopefully we can see more of what we saw from Pulisic in that 15 minute spell before he got injured so Ricardo Pepe finishes with a goal and two assists and heads over to do a, uh, an interview in Spanish. Hopefully um, the younger generation watching this finally have their first Mexican-American star um, and they can feel more attached to this team, um, not just so that obviously potential future dual nationals see Pepe um, and see the love that he's getting and know that they can receive the same love, but hopefully he just finally gives um young soccer fans young mexican american soccer fans um a sense of place in american soccer um i think that's as important as anything and i think he's highlighted that himself excuse me but that's going to do it for episode one um this was a bit more of a rarity right most of these podcasts are going to be released tuesday mornings um after the the players once i do a bit of a roundabout about the players who played in europe and mls um, at club level, most of these episodes are going to be just looking at their performances, right? Cause obviously we're not blessed with world cup qualifiers every week. Thank God or everybody would be stressed out. Um, but yeah, so episode two will most likely be released Tuesday morning. Um, and if you made it this far in the podcast, I appreciate it. Thank you very much.